Debbie, what was that? <laughs> Happy Halloween. That <laughs> that is that was played by an instrument called the theremin. Some of you out there may have heard of it. Um, it's a really interesting instrument, and um, I picked it for today's broadcast because it is associated a lot with eerie sounding music or uh, eerie uh, sound effects. It's an electronic instrument that is played through positioning your hands and fingers around an antenna and it uh, manipulates the uh, radio frequencies to produce particular tones and you don't even touch it. That's what's kind of cool and interesting about it. Um, some of the movies that it's been used in are uh, Spellbound, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still, um, and other kinds of uh, kind of eerie situation, situational kinds of things throughout the decades. But it was actually, it's been around a long time. It was actually uh, first produced in 1920 by a Russian physicist uh, whose name, his Western name is Leon Theremin. I think it's different in Russian, of course, but uh, it was part of a Soviet government sponsored research into some kind of proximity sensors, that's it, proximity sensors. And uh, so he developed it in 1920 and it was patented in 1928. And it, it um, kind of fell out of use, but it's kind of experienced kind of a resurgence of hmm. uh, interest. So, yeah. Anyway, Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thank you all for coming back to Making Art Happen. Um, so today's topic, we're going to talk about art for art's sake versus art for humanity's sake. So, sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, it really is interesting. So, Debbie, do you want to give your opinion? Well, I guess maybe uh, maybe the first thing we ought to do is sort of spell out for our listeners what we're talking about. Um, Caleb, you might want to speak to that. Like, what is us the usual accepted definition of art for art's sake? So, art for art's sake goes on the rounds of the artist, the work, has no need for justification. So, it doesn't... The artist does not feel any responsibility necessarily for what they make in how they put it out there. Okay. Um, and I, I personally find it to kind of put you at a vulnerable state because you're not aware of the reaction people are going to get from off your work. Right. So that's something we want to talk about. Yeah. Right. So what, what is art for humanity's sake? So that's more on the realm of having that conversation and being understanding of what your art is going to say and it's kind of preparing yourself for what's going what's going to be put out there what people are going to say about it um and how it's going to shape your community you know um is it going to make a change a positive change or not and should the artist be aware of that and take that into consideration yeah those are big questions they are big questions yeah so, of course, you asked me my opinion, but you started a minute ago, you were talking about um, when you gave the definition of art for art's sake, you, you started to talk about that a little bit. You said you felt like it really could put the artist in a very vulnerable position. Say more about that. Well, I I think maybe that's more common among young artists of, of all disciplines. If you're not 
prepared for the criticism and criticism, you know, constructive criticism is really hard to get outside of a classroom. You know, most people don't think of the criticism, how they phrase their criticism before they give it, right? Yeah. Um, so you're, you're not going to get that what you get in school. Uh, so and, it, like, and it can be crushing. It can be crushing. It can be not what you wanted to hear, what you thought. And, you know, there is artists who will hear that and say, well, I don't care. I make the work. I put it out there. Well, then that is a part of your statement. You are as an artist. Um, I, I personally don't work as that as a studio artist. Um, but to get there, you've had to come to that that I don't care about the criticism and what and how it's put out there and how it's perceived you are letting it go out in the world to make a life of its own versus you making its own life okay yeah so um, say more about our humanities sake because it sounds like you kind of lean in that direction maybe that's more towards you know, having an understanding that what you put out there is going to say something. And I view it as a way to get ahead of the game, right? You can kind of control the conversation. And that's, you know, in visual arts, a big thing is having an artist statement, right? You tell the audience what you're thinking behind it, what was the experience making this, why you're making this. And again, some artists don't want that. They want to get the impression of their viewer, but you have to come to terms with that, which I don't think is art for humanity's sake because you've taken that into consideration. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times we view kids' work as art for art's sake. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's, that's kind of fine because they're kids, but if right. they yeah. grow up and they start to do things, they need to become aware. Right. But it, it's, you know, if you, for example, we have the mural paintings. If we are not aware of what we're putting out there, if we're not taking into consideration about the community, are we really making a change in the community? Are we doing it for the community? Or just for ourselves. Right. The <laughs> yeah. humanity, right? Humankind. Right, right. You know, is it in, they go different ways. You know, I, I'm describing community, but, you know, so do you make political work? Does this serve your political party? Does it serve the people when it comes to politics, the government, so on and so forth? Right, right. Yeah, so... Your ahead. religion, anything yeah, like that. anything, yeah. Well, you know, you, you asked me my thought about that. I, I really lean in that direction also. Um, I think as coming from my background as a psychologist and being, you know, really um, interested in social interaction and social environment and really kind of the fact that everything is an interaction. We were, there's two important things I think about when I, what we were taught about communication. First of all, you cannot not communicate. We were taught that. You cannot not communicate. If you sit there and don't say anything, you are communicating something, right? And two, communication has a sender and a receiver in order for communication to take place. And so if you're doing just art for art's sake, you're only a sender. Right. And you're denying the fact that there is a communication there. It, to me, see, when I'm going into psychology, to me there's a kind of a denial there. Could be. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're, um, you're saying what you want to say, 
but it, you are saying something, and there is a sender, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Right. Just because you don't care doesn't make it real. Right. Right. And, you know, I think people probably hear that, and people who like to attend, you know, painting parties and things like that will think, well, should I be concerned about where I paint? Well, if, you, if you're making art and that is your sole purpose is to make it, you're not going to put it out in the world, then, you know, I don't, I don't, when I make work, I don't think about it going out in the world necessarily. That is the aftermath. That is when I'm choosing of what I'm going to post online, what I'm going to end in the show, I'm choosing where I put it. So, for those of you that aren't necessarily artists, but you like to paint, you you take these classes because you enjoy them, the work itself, it shouldn't be bothered by that thinking of what it's going to say to the world and last, well, if you're making political work, it does, but... kind of depends on what genre or what, what avenue what, you're right. creating the work, right. what you're creating the work. Right, yeah. but if you're taking a painting class, then most certainly you should be concerned about what it'll say to someone else. Now, if you were to put that into a show or something like that, but it is saying something. To you you are that. opening that up, and even though you're thinking, "Well, that's a painting of a snowflake," well, here in Kentucky, that's that's reflective of the culture. You know, we have all four seasons. We can have some pretty harsh winters, uh, and so that that can be seen as a reflection of our culture. And I know that seems like. A little, little out of parkish, but yeah, but, but still, people do have that framework that they right, see it through. Right, right. everyone sees it through. Same thing as if a you painted like on the equator wouldn't mean the same thing. Right, is that what you're saying? Right, yeah. If you painted a landscape, that is very much a part of our culture, right? Because yeah. especially here in Olive Hill, our landscape is made of hills. Yes, trees and hills, and so you're depicting our culture, our physical physical surroundings yeah Yeah. our environment and so that is a commentary on that whether you're making or not someone will exactly so get ahead of it yeah get ahead of it that's a good way to put it I think but if you're not if you know if you're not making work to directly call out or to say something someone like political work does uh, I wouldn't advise having that in your mind. Save it for the studio. Save it for the after when you're thinking of how you want to talk about your work to someone or you're writing about it or you're submitting to a show. Yeah. I mean, when you submit to a show, you you have to look at what they're looking for, what's their theme, what's their call, who is the juror, if there's a juror, all of that before you decide what you put out there because that goes into the interpretation mm-hmm. and then people that go to that show are going to be looking for you know if the theme's nature they're coming to look at nature right so right right exactly um so just in kind of taking that a step further do you think that an artist has a responsibility then if when they are putting a product out there uh, when they choose to do that do they have what kind of responsibility do they have if they have a responsibility and is it to this is kind of part b is that to better humanity or something else well again it becomes down to 
your choice. You know, there's artists that just want to put it out there and see how people react, which, you know, that's fine, but they come to that choice. I think that shifts for, you know, the reasoning behind you're not putting a justification. I think that's a lot different than for art for art's sake, where there is no justification. You, your reasoning is just you want to get a, just an honest opinion without your personal thoughts behind it. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I think that's what strays away. I think there is a responsibility, and the responsibility I think falls on choosing or not choosing to, you know, have an artist statement, make that, you know, your title can even direct people. Mm-hmm. Deciding between, you know, what your subject matter is and what you put out there. I think those are all responsibilities. And part of it is, 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 can you handle it as an individual artist? Can you handle putting that work out there and potentially having, you know, the art world chew up and spit you out? Having society chew up and spit you out? Um, And if you can... Well, then That's go for it. Open. If not, then you've got some growing room. And so... Is it is it all just about the artist? You know, that gets... Part of my question is, is it just about you? Is it... Or is it not also... Is it possible that when you're thinking... When you're doing it art for arts... Art for humanity's sake, excuse me. That you are also not only thinking about the feedback, but you're thinking about the impact. Right. Do you I, think about I think that? so, because... The interpretation... It can be very deadly. People, um, you know, so I want to think back to one of my all-time favorite artists, Sally Mann. When Sally put out her family pictures, which were photos of her children, her children were often nude in them. They lived out in the country. That's very normal for people who grew up in mm-hmm. the South and in, in the country. Um, and she took them basically just because she thought her kids were beautiful and because they were there. She was documenting her life um, and making it work. She had really no idea that when she put those out there that the scrutiny was going to come. And, you know, it was called child pornography. People bought them. Uh, you know, she made a living off of it. But the media, um, the church, and several people from in society in general really deemed that wrong Mm -hmm. and it really kind of started that conversation between pornography and art right um which even though she didn't intend for that in fact probably wasn't prepared for that it did have it had an impact that wasn't necessarily a bad thing Uh, i mean is is that what you're yeah it well she wasn't prepared for that her family was prepared for that i mean they had calls letters things Right. You know, in her book, she described people called and, you know, one of the things with the kids. Think, so we did open them up to potential danger. Mm-hmm. They were not prepared for that. And if Sally had been prepared for that and structured the work for that, maybe it wouldn't have been like that. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. anything can happen. And it's not a guarantee when you do try to structure that it stays that way, but it's some preparation. You're, yeah, you're, you're trying for it prepares you, but you're also preparing the the viewer, the audience, 
of what they're going to see. Right. You know, the same thing could be said for painting of Hitler, yeah. for example. You know, if someone was to describe that they are pointing the face at evil, they're showing people true evil, yeah. that shifts the conversation, right? But if there's no understanding, if someone just sees a painting of Hitler and they're like, why is this in a museum? Why is they this could, here? They could see it as adulation of, of Right. Of they, there's yeah. no context of how we should take it. Right. So what do you do? You look at, you say, you look at, without it, you look at the, the visual elements. It's done well. It's pretty, all this. But then you look at the subject matter and you're like, I don't like them. We don't like what this is making me feel. I'm not getting an understanding of why. Mm -hmm. right. So, right. So, well, that's that's really helpful, though. Think, you know, giving people a context through which to see it because right. when it's totally open to interpretation, you know, um, first of all, it can be definitely negative toward you as, as the artist, but it can also have a negative um, communal impact. Right. Um, you know, it could be people react, it, that example, people could react to it as see, being seen as promoting evil right. in it, rather than pointing to this is what evil looks right. like and we need to recognize it when we see it. Right. Yeah. Like you, and, and, you know, and then you think about your venue, like you would never take a painting of Hitler and put it in a Jewish community. No. That would, that, that's insensitive. You know, I would say that's even insensitive, even if you were pointing a thing that's evil, because that's traumatizing. That brings up generational right. trauma. So there's a whole other layer there. Right. Even, even if you're explaining what it is. Right. Yeah. So there, there is a lot of levels. And I do know, I do get it's very overwhelming, and you make mistakes, and you do things like that. But if you really try and you learn over experience, and like I said before, I really see that that difference in younger artists they have a hard time shifting between thinking of the, the long term uh, that the the interaction right the impact on them and the community or right. the viewing Which community i think what really happens you know and i think i'm kind of aware of that because i've done so much reading about like sally man about the, the experiences and right in other and artists you know, it probably takes getting burned a couple of times to learn it, really. Right, right, right. right. And, and a lot of times it's not naturally directed work. Sometimes it's you just don't get into that show. Right. No, your work just doesn't get into it because they just, they just don't like it. They, it's not put into the context that they, they want for the show, what they feel is right, all this and that. Right. Well, for the growing artist... You know, you sort of have two paths you can take, uh, and I think this is probably across the board true of people as they learn how to be responsible adults, mature adults. You can take the path of, uh, I'm just being chastised and nobody understands me, or you can take the path of, I am a part of my culture and there is an interaction and I do have some responsibility for for that interaction, mm -hmm. for that conversation. I have to tell the story. You've heard me tell this story, but I just lo I love the line. Uh, I had a cat one time that was just he was just obstinate, just absolutely obstinate. He was adorable. We loved him, but he loved picking the couch arm, and he would. I even tried to spray him with water, you know, because it doesn't hurt them. But he would uh, he would get to where he would just leave his claws in the in the couch, and he'd see me pick up the bottle, and he would just 
polka dots. He wouldn't even move. <laughs> he didn't care. I'll tell my dad that story. My dad raised animals, trained dogs, you know, for years. And he said this. It's so true. People, so many people, cat's name was Obadiah. He goes, well, Obi doesn't know he's being disciplined. He just thinks he's being persecuted. True. Isn't that good? Right, right. And that is good. I think that is very true. I think, you know, there are times that artists aren't understood. And there's a time and place to claim that. Yeah. I think, because, you know, there's a lot of things that come into that, right, your your race, your gender, things like that, that you get discriminated against. And it comes into not understanding you, your background, your culture, and all that is valid. And you should be aware of that, and you should bring awareness to it. Um, but then the inability to not even understand what you put out there is gonna what it's gonna say or try to what it may say and try to or how it might be interpreted right, by most people. Right. Yeah. Um then you you're I, not I think that's irresponsible. Well, yeah, you're you're not making ground on your own goals. If right. you if you want to be understood and you are misunderstood, largely misunderstood, and you want to be understood, there are pathways to, to get that accomplished right. that are more effective than others. Right. I think you know, if you think about it as a doctor, right? Um so a doctor goes through all their schooling, their residency, and then they get into a practice, they start a hospital, wherever, and if they, you know, walk in a room and they tell you you're going to die in six months. Yeah. They have no, they do not take into any understanding of how you're going to interpret that, how that's going to affect your family, people around you, the way that they come in and tell you, the way that they inform you why you're dying. Yeah. All that is important. Yes. And it shapes his career because people are going to talk. Right. And it shapes the patients. The, yes. And that is their audience, right? Exactly. If they come in and say, you're going to die in six months, you've got a tumor, you know, that's really insensitive and that's not understanding right. of that person. Right. They come in, they show you what's going on, and they explain to you that your life expectancy is limited. Right, right. Um, in a compassionate way. Right. That makes all the difference in the world. Right. So, it, you know... Art for art's sake, art for humanity's sake, that all goes in every profession, right? Right. And that also goes into the doctor's career, right? What if a doctor, you know, only practiced medicine? I'm trying to think of a good way to connect that even further. What if they had no idea of the impact of their career, of their practice yeah yeah and then they just become what what will the community of doctors the community they live in think of them if they have no idea that they're saving lives of of them you know i think that i butchered that a little bit but it's all coming into understanding in your profession Mm -hmm. of how you're going to be perceived and in art in a different art, you know, and it's the same way in music, like, you know, you have to understand when you put that out there, it's going to be heard, it's going to be seen, and you need to be prepared for that, mm-hmm. but 
I think I think in that profession it's like you you're setting up your career in the way your work is perceived and you're taking kind of control mm-hmm. and you're being understanding of the good it's gonna have and the bad it's gonna have. Yeah, and right. Conversation it's gonna have. Right, yeah, exactly. No, I, definitely. I just think that that is a more, um, that's just a higher level of perception and understanding than any individual for any, any endeavor, you know, whether it's, like you say, whether it's for art or the medical practice, whatever, whatever their career pathway is. And, um, I think that's exactly true. Um, you said something a while ago that I thought was also kind of interesting. Um, you were talking about the ancient Greeks and the way that they viewed art. and Right. Yeah. So, you know, the humanities were so much a part of those cultures of their livelihoods, you know. And just imagine if they had no idea on how art affected their, their society. Would our, would our society be as developed as it was? Because in America, you know, our democracy, the way, I mean, our built, I mean, if you look at our White House, our Capitol, all the way those are structured and built is based off of Roman and Greek life. I mean, mm-hmm. their government, um, their buildings, you know, they, there's a reason why a lot of uh, government buildings have those big columns. Mm-hmm. They do that because they want to draw on that same energy and strength that the Greeks and Romans had for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just imagine, just imagine if they had no idea and did not care how it affected mankind. Right. How the art they put out there didn't affect mankind, that it didn't have conversation, it didn't do this and that. Uh, that the plays they put on didn't teach and and expose and you know all that the literature they wrote I mean think about the literature and all the, the written history we have from that era that's why it's so popular is because they wrote about it they yeah, they right. made books right 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 all that so I just imagine that I I think that we would be a very poor lacking especially you know in America I think we would be very lacking but I think as a world we'd be lacking right so I think absolutely yes I I totally agree I think um again I'm putting this in psychological terms uh, because I think about the act of either not caring or being oblivious to those are two different things really let's just say not caring not caring at all about what the interaction is what the conversation is not caring the impact, not caring the impact on your community, your viewing audience, or you. Um, well, I think if you really don't care, it may not have a lot of impact on you. I don't know. No. I think that, let me let me take this a step further. I could almost categorize that as being sociopathic because, you know, sociopaths really don't care what other people think. They honestly don't have a lot of emotional reaction, you know, they um, they do what they want to do. They say what they want to say, and um, they're mostly concerned about um, their own personal goals. And they don't care to manipulate environments, people, whatever, to meet those goals. And it kind of doesn't matter who it hurts. And that's what it, that's what it reminds me of. I mean, if you if you really live art for art's sake, if you are just totally immersed in that, it kind of it kind of goes on that <laughs> on that continuum just a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. 
Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, if you are an artist that just, I think, I do think that work that does like to get an, uh, a reaction, an honest reaction mm -hmm. from the audience yeah. is interesting and does have its place. Yeah. But like I said, you're making that choice. Well, you're making a choice when you do you that. You are making <laughs> that judgment call. That's right. That's right. And you, you, you yeah. know, you're... Your purpose there is maybe to get a reaction because you want to stir things up or you want to get the conversation going. Right. You want to you want to shock a little bit. Um, but uh, you're, what's you're, your what's your purpose for art's sake? Yeah. I don't I don't know. I've never saw work that or I just don't get what the purpose about it. I mean, you're painting and and I get that and I think people get the art for art's sake for the creativity, just the act of making. Right. I I can understand it. You know, yeah. and I, yeah, I, I, I think that's great. I think that, you know, but if you, I, I, I think for art, I think the creative part, it kind of goes in between, you know, it's kind of like, and then you decide where it goes. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's art for its sake and you, you don't make a judgment, well, then maybe that's where it falls into you put it in your home and that's all it goes to. Right. Or you just don't care. You just put it out there and let the girl do what it do wants it. with it. Yeah, right. Um, or you take the other route. So I, but, so that I think is in the in-between. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it falls along for art for its sake because then that means that... All art starts out for art for art's sake. Right. And I don't think so. I think yeah. because you're influenced in your decisions, because right. professional artists, that's not their first work. Right. So right. they're making, they're doing something better, trying to make something better. Mm -hmm. So I think it's all our influence and our well, thinking it, changes. It really is, and that's a whole other con We have right, a conversation. It is. It is. It yeah, is. We have much influence, but we all are influenced right. because there's input. And right. we may put it together in a, in a somewhat unique way or something that, you know, that is maybe cate categorically different, but yet there have been what right. came before us that fed right. into that, that, right. that made that happen. Right. Helped you make that happen. So, yeah, so... In, you know, in my opinion, I don't think that the creative part in the making goes to either side. I think you make that choice or not that choice. Right. To where it goes after. Yeah. Because I have work that's sitting on a shelf that nobody's ever seen, and it really belongs to nowhere because I made it and I haven't decided if I'm going to keep working on it or yeah. shred it or... Forever. It's yours, and it's, it's that's your collection of art for art's sake at this point. Right. Well, I don't think it's no. gone either way. Yeah. It's not. It's not linked anyway. Yeah. Well, I guess what I was saying is, right now it is, but it might not be later. Right. You may make a decision, a conscious decision about about it, to right. to put it out there. It's a, to me, it's a little bit in the writing world, a little bit like a personal journal versus you know actually creating something that's for the public. You know, you say things and thoughts, you have thoughts um, that, you know, you that are just your expression and you express it because you need to express it, right. but you may not ever want anybody to see right. it. Right. Right. 
Right. I think I think that is a good good example. Because, you know, poetry, I think of poetry when I think of writing in a lot of expression. You know, poetry really isn't written for one person. It's really meant to be shared and spoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, that's the same way, you know, where your rights important. And it's important to understand of what it's going to do when to put out in the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, are we coming up on our time? Is I think we up? are coming yeah. up on our time. Okay. So, just some information coming up. Uh, we have uh, Shops on the Hill, which is a, a business operated through our organizations, having an open house November 13th. Yes. And then Christmas on the Hill, which is December 3rd and 4th, is coming up. Yeah. Tickets go on sale next Friday uh-huh. at Tackett's Furniture. So. 25 Tom T. Hall Boulevard, Olive Hill, Kentucky. Yeah. 606-286-2560. Yeah. Tickets for dinner and show are $30 each. Uh, for bleachers or grandstand. Show, show, show only. Show only. Is twelve dollars and half price for kids twelve and under for everything. Yeah, yeah. it's a fun, fun time. Yeah, this is our big yearly event. People dress really nice. We have a lot of Christmas decorations, and it's a catered food, so you get a really nice meal. So if y'all are in the area, stop by or plan to come. Yes, absolutely, you'll enjoy it. Yes, thank y'all very much. Thank you.